off, we're gonna tear the roof off, the mother sucker. Tear the roof off, the sucker. Sometimes I think what I need is a you and a Cause I'm a freak, baby. Everything's coming up. Everything's coming up. And welcome to Two Daydream Believers Podcast. Um, I am your host, Space Orphan 18. And today we're doing kind of a special podcast. We're talking about music in Season 1. And I have three guests with me today. I have Melissa, who is known as 47Mel47 on Tumblr. Hello. <laughs> uh, teach or Teach Gleek on uh, Tumblr. Hello. And... Lisa, Slayer Kitty on Tumblr. Hello. All right, guys, get ready to talk about some music here. Yes. Yes. Right. Right. Okay, so uh, why don't we kick things off by talking about kind of how they use the music in season one, and um, it's kind of a big, you know, broad topic, but also uh, how that it's different in the beginning of season one or what we all call the front 13 opposed to the back nine. So anybody want to kick us off tonight? I've done a rewatch over the last few days just so that I could kind of have it fresh in my mind. Cause it had been a while since I've seen some of the episodes and I am continually astounded by the amount of rehearsal they keep putting in, in those front 13. Almost every song you saw rehearsed at least once. Yeah, like all of the, there's a lot of, um, before Will goes in to talk about the, the lesson of the week or whatever exposition of that day, there are, they're like practicing choreography and there's actual music notation on the back wall. And it's kind of nice to see them actually uh, trying to um, exhibit actual uh, properties of what a real choir would do. Yeah, I mean, even the first, what what people consider like the first big Greek club song, the Sit Down, You're Rocking the Boat, they were doing it as a rehearsal. They were actually rehearsing the song. The same also with, um, like, when we see, even though it's a little snippet of of it, of um, Sandy... And uh, that whatever the guy's name is that like decides to leave. Right oh right gosh, now. yes. <laughs> he touched him. Oh. That guy. Yes, and well, and even um, you're the one that I want is yeah. is done as more as a, of a rehearsal than a actual produced number. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. it's the same when they revisit um, "Don't Stop Believing" with Finn and Quinn singing the lead later on. That's a little bit of a rehearsal. In the in the room as well, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yep. It is. it is. Yeah. And all of the ones where Will is doing the rapping, he was he was in those front nine or front thirteen. As much as we go ill, he was doing it in rehearsal format to show the guys how to do it, not as a big performance number. That's yep. true. Um. And and 
I'm trying to think. I know we get a lot more choreography teaching. I know there's when uh, he tries to teach Finn and talk to dance a little bit. In acapellas? Yep, in acapellas. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm trying to think of other things. But the other, like I said, the other cool thing I think is neat is that when you look at the background, um, you see actual music notation. You know, this is a whole note, and this is a half note. And at, you, you, I mean, after the the front thirteen, really, you don't get anything like that. And if you're lucky, you I, get I, the name of the of the theme of the week. Pretty yep. much. That's pretty much it. Well, the thing is, and and I don't know how much of this is because the front thirteen was filmed so far in advance of the back nine, but also the pilot itself was shot in a real high school. So the way the choir room looks is based off of that high school choir room that they shot in. So when they actually had to go build the choir room, like when they got picked up and realized, oh, hey, we're going to do this, um, and they had to reproduce that, um, I think a lot of that initially got carried over, and then as uh, the seasons went on, they realized, well, maybe we don't need that. We don't need that. You know, I can just see them in there, like, picking that stuff off. Like, we don't really need that. <laughs> this is too distracting in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's going to be too busy looking at Kurt staring out the window anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, there's, oh, I'm trying to remember what um, episode it's... Uh, He's teaching the girls all how to do choreography, and the guys are just sitting there on their their phones and not paying any attention. But anyway, um, so yeah, and um, something that I kind of wanted to to point out is kind of um, in the front thirteen we get well, I, I want to say the pilot is kind of its own thing uh, entirely, but um, in the the front thirteen we get music used differently or the way they how do I this is always really I'm never good at explaining this. Um they do kind of uh somebody stops and they, they sing a song and it's that person's solo or they have an ending number where everyone is in it. Um yeah. and or they, they do little snippets of songs more often in the front thirteen yeah. where it's like just for comedy. Um, it's not somebody really singing for a, a production. It's just Emma in her car crying all by myself. Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> and and, and the difference um, in the back nine is that they do a lot more of moving the story forward through the songs. And the two big ones that come to my mind are Like a Virgin and Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. where you get these big storytelling moments while the song is going on. They did a bit of that in the first 13. Um, like, they did Artie Dancing with Myself, where mm-hmm. you got to see a whole lot of character development for Artie within the one song. But they didn't do nearly as much of it in the front 13 as they did in the rest of it. Right. Well, I remember, and this this is faint memories, but I remember that when they originally first started the show, the intent was not for them to be breaking out into song every five minutes. And... Um, for the music to serve the story and the story not to serve the music, but as things go. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was Ryan's original intent. (laughs) Well, (laughs) as things go and change and the show gained in popularity, some stuff changed with that. And 
you know, I mean, because if you look at the back nine, you can definitely see there's a point where suddenly the music was key and the story was being built around it. Right. Yeah, we start right. getting the the real thematic episodes start coming in in that back mm-hmm. nine, like where there's really, like, I think I had the list, it was Hello and Power of Madonna and Home and Bad Reputation. They were all sort of structured around the songs as opposed to the songs being structured around the story. Right. And I think... Well, I was going to say, it even goes as far as, I think I read not that long ago, an interview with Jonathan Groff or, or somebody related to that storyline in season one, the reason why Jesse St. James was named Jesse was specifically so that Corey slash Finn could sing Jesse's Girl. Oh, I always wondered that. Yeah, that was on purpose. I always wondered that. So they named a character, gave him this name for his entire run on the show, specifically so that they could sing this one song midway through season one. (laughs) Um, In terms of like how you sort of mentioned in the, the front 13, there was sort of the sh- a lot sort of shorter numbers. There was a lot of unreleased songs in, in the front 13. Sort of, I'm sort of thinking, is that because, you know, we're being introduced to these characters and we're trying to get to know these characters sort of, whereas perhaps by the time we get to that back nine, we're more familiar with them. The music then becomes more prevalent and, and things like that. Whereas, you know, we're trying to get little glimpses into all of these little characters' lives in these sort of, early episodes. Um, I would love to give them that much credit. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. not. Actually, what I was wondering the other day, because I was really thinking about this, is when they very first started doing the show, they, I remember seeing interviews and they would say like, it would take us, you know, 12 hours to learn this number. We learned don't stop believing. And it took us three days and everything. And then, I remember reading by the time the show was over, oh, yeah, we could learn that in 20 minutes. You know, that re- that reminds me of something. Um, well, I was watching a lot of the early performances before we got on today, and um, the choreography is so basic in a lot of those early group numbers, and, and probably because it takes it took them so that long. long. Well, and I remember, and we know that Corey had his struggles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I remember... Um, um, I'm, um, uh, Chris Colfer saying in one of the early interviews that Kristen Chenoweth just came in and she was able to like bam do it knock it out and uh, you know it's just a matter of practice I mean yeah at the beginning this group of people have never worked together before and they're all relatively young and most of them don't have dance background Mm-mm. and um, so yeah when you watch these early group numbers they're just kind of swaying or you know one two steps and and, and I'm not I, I, I don't know a lot of the choreography vocabulary um, but um, it, it's very simplistic compared to uh, things that they do later on and, mm-hmm. and comparatively if you look at the like vocal adrenaline number um, even in the pilot you can tell they're professional dancers yes or, versus those the actors. I can remember an interview with Zach Woodley where he said, they gave me all these people who've never danced before, and the only one that was really a good dancer, they put in a wheelchair. Yes, <laughs> I remember that interview. <laughs> yep. And, well, part of me was wondering, you know, okay, so of course, as they go through, you know, the months start passing, a lot of them start getting better at the choreography to the point where they're picking it up faster so maybe 
as as the choreography takes less time to learn, they're slowly devoting that time to oh well, you know, we can fit in another song because they've learned they've learned how to do this faster. Or we can make this number bigger than it was because we can do this faster. We can do so, more because yeah. they've learned more. That's very optimistic. I'm I'm of the cynical mind. They said, um, we don't have a lot of story for this episode. Let's jam another song. <laughs> I, I'm not saying that that didn't happen. <laughs> and, and of course, the the other thing you have to keep in mind is is between you know record sales because the show really took off, and um, the songs were you know selling like hotcakes. So of course. They're going to want five, six, you know, given the mm-hmm. episode eight best-selling songs, because that's money in their pocket. Yep. Um, before we go on to... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's in line with that, because was it, I think for the first 13, the average song number was five, and then by the end of the season, it was an increase to eight, and that seemed to be sort of the status quo for the seasons to follow. Let's turn out as many songs as we can. Because yeah. I yep. that's where the money's going to be coming from. So we can keep having this show. <laughs> I was just going to mention that, actually. Um, when looking at the, the list of season one songs in the front 13, it's interesting to note that there are quite a few of them that have between only two and four songs in them. Um, you know, like Acapellas has, like, two songs. And I went, really? That entire yeah, episode was a lot. But they had snippets of other stuff where you would hear them right. rehearsing with each other, but those right. were never released. No. Right. Or, um, like, Pregnant Mad- had one full, like, actually performed yeah. song. Like, Christine yeah. Lady was yeah. Kurt dancing. Tonight was Tina, you know, getting cut off as she usually does. Um, and <laughs> she missed the note. She missed the she note. She, 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 she didn't get cut off. She loved the note. She loved the note. And yeah. um, all we really got was Taking Chances from Rachel, which wasn't even a massive full song in its own. It was really quite short considering what we get in other episodes and things like that. And that just never happened. I don't think we ever... Not really, no. Maybe Vitamin D, there was only two. But, um, yeah, there was... Yeah, but in Vitamin D, the two songs, it was the guys versus the girls. So it was the big mashup. Yeah, there was four songs in the two. Well, well, yeah, yeah. You know what... My theory about that, though, is that it was so hard for them to figure out how to mash up songs that that's why they only did two for that one. <laughs> <laughs> they got better and worse at it as the time went on. Yeah. <laughs> well, then the episode that was actually called Mashup didn't really have any mash <laughs> No, it didn't. So, fun fact, um, because I have my... Um, <laughs> more in depth about this a little later, but I have my um, list of deleted songs. They actually, I don't know if they actually came up with that or they were going to do it, but they have a listing for a mashup between um, Bust and Move and I Could Have Danced All Night. Which just sounds awful. It does. <laughs> That's well, as bad as the song song. <laughs> yeah, well, because I think what happened was they were looking for a song to mash Remember he was trying to mash up? Yeah. And I think what they ended up doing was having him do Bust a Move separately for something else. And then, yeah, and then she still did I Could Dance All Night, but then it was, it turned into, uh, a, you know, a Will and Emma scene where they were dancing in her dress. Yes. Mm-hmm. So maybe they felt like, yeah, that would be funny, but I we could use those songs better. Yep. 
Um, uh, talking about arrangement a little bit, and I don't, I mean, I'm going to be really geeky here. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the arrangement style actually changes a lot, too. In the front 13, they really do go for this choral, show choir-y style, and you can hear that in... Um, the a lot of the ending numbers of not just don't stop believing but somebody to love and proud Mary and lean on me. Um, it's this very thick kind of choral sound. Whereas even starting um, in the in the back nine, um, you can hear they kind of go to a more produced and um, not so show choiry based arrangement style. It's more of a uh, one person two person sings lead and everybody is their backup singers. Yeah. Well, and the thing about that I noticed um, is that, and I guess, again, we'll talk a little more about it when we get to distribution and stuff. Um, a lot of the the trends in the front 13 is to stick Rachel and Finn on a duet of the choir song, and you'll have Mercedes hit a final note, and sometimes Mercedes and Artie get the second verse. Mm. Um, but it's interesting to me, anyway, um, that the, the backup the singing is actually not the rest of the actors. Until gosh, probably somewhere in, in, in the back nine. And um we don't actually hear Naya or Heather sing until season two. Right. Um, no, we get Naya uh, in the season. Yeah, we get Naya in the Gaga episode. Oh, and then oh, theatricality and bad romance. That's right. You're right. Yeah. You do. Well, we, I don't think we get. Uh, maybe it's Heather. We don't get until season. Yeah, three. Heather. We don't. Doesn't sing at all in this season. Yeah. No, but in in the beginning, very much you yeah. only get. You get Rachel just, and Finn and a little of Kurt and Mercedes. Not in, <laughs> not in the groups, though. The group songs. Um, uh, uh, Kurt's voice is so distinct; it usually sticks out. He and, usually it, gets a solo if he's going to sing. Yeah, I'm right. thinking along the lines of I, I just saw uh, Wheels today, and he had the you know the Defiant Gravity and and that sort of thing in there. Whenever Kurt had any sort of line in a song, or where you got to hear him sing, even with Mr. Cellophane, it was all about character development for him in those front thirteen. Right, always character development. He didn't get to sing anything unless it was about here I'm Kurt and this is me. But that's really all he did get to sing in that front thirteen, wasn't it? Yeah. His original yeah. his original audition song and then Defying yeah, Gravity. Right. Well and even if you look at single ladies, yeah, okay, he didn't sing that, but he performed it and yeah. that I mean that's one thing for him to be dancing in his basement, you know, with a couple of the girls from Glee Club, but of course he took that and turned around and then oh look, we're performing it on the football field with the football team <laughs> for yep. the whole school. Yep. I mean, that's a big defining moment for him right before he wins the football game, no less. Woo, woo, woo! No, <laughs> <laughs> so I think my theory for that, for the singles lady thing, why he didn't actually sing that, mm. was so that they could bring it back um, for the football stuff. Right. Uh, oh, that's a good point. Yeah. But there were a lot of songs that weren't actually songs. In in the first season that they didn't do after that. There was there was there were several pieces where. They're, they had the song playing in the background, but it wasn't them. I was um, the, when Finn and Puck went and got the job at was it Sheets and Things? Is that what they yes. called it? Uh, they actually do sing that. I did look that up. They do, but they, I don't uh, think they actually were lip syncing it on camera though. It was their yeah, voices. No, they, were. they weren't singing yeah. it on camera. 
That's so funny. I never even thought about that. But it is them because they released that track. So it is them. But the Sheets and Things employees are definitely singing. I know that. (laughs) And uh, um, Puck and Finn do sing that. I went and rewatched it. Oh, do they? Okay. Because he's got his guitar and they're walking around the shop and they're both um, singing along to it. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, because I was thinking about... And then I know in Dream On when... um, uh, Mr. Shu and Brian Ryan, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. They go to that bar and Piano Man is playing in the background. They do sing that as well, though. It's well, just, it's but it's not like an actual number. He's well, just humming along with the jukebox. Yep. Mm. And, in, and they also, in um, the scoring, again, I'm going to be really geeky here. In the scoring, they use a lot more music, popular music in the background to highlight a scene. And mm-hmm. it's not... You know, and they they stopped doing that really quickly. Um, I wonder how expensive that was. That's I was just thinking that <laughs> because I'm wondering if the funds for that got diverted to well, if we're going to sing more songs, I'm right. not going to pay just to hear the instrumental portions of the song in the background. Let's just perform the whole song. Yep. Though I do really appreciate, it, and this is mostly in the pilot, um, the. Uh, the scoring where it's the the choir singing like Flight of the Bumblebees yeah. and and yes. Sonata I and missed Bitch. some of that stuff when they finally when they quit using it. I I miss that and and when they quit using the bell between scene breaks. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot they did that. I know. I was just yeah. That. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> the bell between scene breaks and then. Um, uh, did they still do the glee when it came on after a while? Didn't they stop doing that too? No, when they opened, yeah, the, the, the show. No, that was always was there. that always there? Okay, I couldn't remember. I'm like, pretty isn't sure it, it was. Usually after the the here's what you missed on Glee. Yeah, the title card would come up. Yeah, I can't remember if they were still doing it or not, but like all that stuff, you know, all that little, you know snippet things like that that made a lot of the show especially for the first few episodes and then you could see that slowly start to go away right and i mean even though i i love a lot of the stuff that they do in so many other seasons it did the front 13 does feel a little like more like a a small town show choir and and yeah especially with the acapella stuff that they would do the all the little that stuff in there it it was there was there was a, a, a I can't remember the name of the the, the the Swingle Singers that's who they were the Swingle Singers and it's very Swingle Singers ish the kind of stuff that they were doing and that's the stuff that we learned all about in choir stuff. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, their their ending credits is, is that same kind of thing. It yeah. is. Yep. Yeah. All right, well, going on to kind of. Um, song choice, thinking about the, the kind of songs that they used in season one, and we do kind of have this division of, um, well, there was a, there's a line in season two at the very beginning, and Will's like, I ha- we do 25% classic rock, 25% hip-hop, 25% show tunes, I, I, for the life of me, don't remember what the rest of the line is, but, but it is actually uh, kind of truthful, I mean, I see this, I, I'm sure we've all talked about, um, or noticed that there's this kind of 70s, 80s song type thing going on, and then you have the newer hits. Well, and I think that some of, some of the reason they went with the, the 70s and 80s stuff is in the beginning, when they first originally 
cultivated the idea for the show, you know, Mr. Shu, he was the lead character. So a lot of the music was going to be music that he grew up with. Plus Finn had a, a yen for the 80s, 80s hair bands. I'm not sure why. Because of the because of the uh, the the lawn chair guy. That's that has that's probably a big part of it, and he's a drummer, so. Yeah. Um. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I'm sort of um on Glee forum as well. Found sort of some statistical look at the genres, and apparently in so the years in which the music was released, 29 percent of the songs in season one were from the 80s, um, which you know I suppose it's a pretty accessible decade for everyone who would have been watching that show. Um, I'm sorry, I've got a lawnmower in my background. Can you guys hear that? Is, or is this all right? I can't. I'm, I'm good. That's all right. Um, oh, no, you're okay. That's all right. I'm just cutting myself. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, 29% were the 80s, 24% were from the noughties, and sort of the rest were, like, down around the 15 16% and things like that. So it was really a massive amount sort of coming from the 80s in that particular season. Um, and as you said, coming from Finn and Will, and I suppose it's a decade of music that sort of everybody connects with in a way to sort of, um... Well, I mean, yeah, because I think a lot of people, like the older people, would have either heard that music, you know, and liked it, or you grew up with that music, and, I mean, because I mean, I know, I'm in the age range where I grew up with it. Mm-hmm. So that was what was on the radio, you know, at the time. So yeah. I graduated I, in 89, so that, I mean, it spans my whole life right there. <laughs> I'm, at, I'm, I'm a little on the younger end of the spectrum. <laughs> That's not a lot. when I'm in the but, room. <laughs> <laughs> but no, because I remember, I mean, I, I was born in 83, so, um, oh, but I, I you know. I, you're, you're only a couple years younger than I am. Yeah. So, but it's also it was part of my childhood, and mm-hmm. um, and even the late or sorry the um, like all the rap songs that they do that was yeah. my that was big in when I was in elementary upper elementary and I remember those really clearly. So yeah, it was sometimes like when they pull it out like push it. Oh <laughs> yeah, you know you just remember sitting up in your friend's bedroom. <laughs> singing that song and acting ridiculous and then of course but you know what it's about and then the next thing you know they're performing over the whole school and you're just going no (laughs) (laughs) well or like um the mc hammer song or vanilla ice or you know oh my gosh young mc bust a move (laughs) like oh when i found out they were doing ice ice baby it was just like on the one hand it was like oh no but on the other hand it was yeah But you know what? It's interesting. So, sorry, just they're no, so no. cheesy that we we love them, and we, you know it doesn't matter. Sort of, they're awfully fantastic in a way. These sorts of songs, and that's what I think everybody loves and appreciates them. And we, it's fun to watch them do that, yeah, and play around with those songs and appreciate what they can do with them. I got <laughs> you sucked know, into the show in the first place because of "Don't Stop Believing." Oh, oh yeah, I was a huge um, Rock of Ages the musical. Fan. And I was on a forum for that Broadway show, and somebody who said, "Can you believe what Glee did?" But don't stop believing. Rock of Ages is so much better. And I was like, "Glee? What's Glee?" And I went and looked for it and found it on Hulu. And I was like, oh, "I've come home." <laughs> I, just, um, I remember getting to the end of the pilot, and that happened, and I went, 
Yeah, that gave me uh, Yeah, and then I remember I remember turning to my husband going, I have no idea what I just watched, but I need to watch it again. <laughs> uh, it's interesting that the um that the the classics kind of stick out more than um the modern songs. Like I'm going through and I mean granted the modern songs, quote unquote, are now like ten years old. But oh gosh, don't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, I can't name them so much. I mean, obviously, single ladies sticks out, but like, I'm just like going through this list, and there's not as many of them as until the the second half. Yeah. Um. That I I don't know. I just I'm I'm just all of the the older songs keep popping out at me. There wasn't all that many really new new songs when the season aired. Again, just another statistic that I found. So when it aired. It was just under 25% of the songs were from within the last two years of when this season aired. So, obviously, they're a lot older now. If if they did that, and and this, I could be reaching, um, because they weren't sure when they were going to hit the airwaves and they didn't want to put themselves in a specific time period. Mm -hmm. Yes. wonder in addition to that if they really were going for an older audience i mean will is that's true i I wondered about that too because i mean i i know that eventually they they went for the teens Mm -hmm. but when it very 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 first started i was in my late 20s so i mean i felt like you know that was a really good like it was sort of projected at people my age. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was never intended to be a kid's show. Never was. And No. And in, in fact, at one point, weren't they shopping it around to cable or something so they could do more? Oh, I didn't know that. Were I they? Did, I, I could that. be making that up. Don't. That's not gospel. <laughs> no, I, I do know that they got criticism for it not being kid-friendly enough. It's a show about high school. It should be kid-friendly. And what high school are you going to? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that. But the, the parents that was being called to task at that point was talking about having their 8- or 9-year-old watch it. And I'm like, what idiot would have an 8-year-old watching this show? Oh, yeah. That, that, that's a whole different issue. <laughs> <laughs> but the difference with kid-friendliness versus, you know, 8 versus 18, there's a big difference in kid-friendliness there. Yeah. Right. There's... there's a lot on there that I'd probably be okay with maybe a 15, 16-year-old watching, but if you're under 10, yeah, I'm not letting you near that show with a dead <laughs> I don't care. As much as we love the show. It's yeah. just not suitable for children. It may be some older teenagers, but not children. I mean, especially the, the, the front 13, which it does have a lot it's a little bit darker has a lot more adult jokes in it oh the one about you know, Rachel not having a gag reflex oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> like there wasn't enough fanfic written about that we had to bring it up yeah. <laughs> that one will stick with me well um going on to uh, song distribution um this is an interesting little thing because it is very different than kind of what we do for the rest of the series. Um, 
looking off of this analysis that I found, um, to no surprise, no surprise, Finn and Rachel both sing the most. Yeah. Um, but even more so than Will, which I think is interesting because he was the main character. Uh, but Will is third, and then we have Mercedes and Artie, who do sing a lot of the um, numbers. Yeah, a lot of the group they numbers. They have leads in the group numbers, and that never really, that never really <laughs> changed. They they did that a lot. Yep. And I, we had a joke, my brother and I, um, he was watching with me for the first time a year ago or so, and we had a, an ongoing joke during season one that I'm like, hey, do you know what this episode's missing? And he would be like, um, I think it's missing another Finchel duet. I'm like, yep, let's bring in another Finchel duet. <laughs> you know, there were so many of them. Yes, there were. But just the number of songs performed by adults in general. Just... <clears throat> I'm looking through, I've got the Wikipedia page up with all the list of songs, and it's, it's, you know, Sandy Ryerson has one, and then there's the Will Schuster, and then it's the um, acapellas, acapellas, acapellas. Yeah, acapellas. It looks like Jesse St. James actually has more than um, Kurt, and then... <laughs> well, <laughs> April Rose is up there, and yeah, poor Tina doesn't get much to do at all. Um, which she oh, just yeah. wants a song. <laughs> finish the song and finish it well. Uh, so, um, kind of an interesting thing to look at really quickly. Well, we can knock through these really quickly. Um, are kind of the songs they kind of take each character and give them a type of song. And Rachel kind of gets all of these ballads. Well, um, she can she can gets, do that though because she's got the voice for it. Mm. Uh, oh, which reminds me, something I wanted to say uh, really quick as an, uh, in addition to the last topic we were talking about. There's not a whole lot of Broadway on this list yet. No, there's um, not. And that changes. Yeah. But anyway, Rachel gets a whole bunch of uh, the slower ballad, emotional songs. Finn gets the classic rock. Uh, Will gets to rap a lot and do a lot of hip-hop. <laughs> why? I don't know why that was a thing. Hmm. Um, Mercedes uh, has a lot of R&B. Um, Artie is kind of a little more versatile, but he does kind of have... A, he's the character who seems like he gets the most musical screen time without having it relate to his character all the time. Yes. And it does more so in season one, um, but just it, throughout the series, he gets to sing a lot, but doesn't necessarily get a lot of story. Yeah. No. I mean, he gets... He, I mean, he gets... Um... Uh, gosh, I totally just blanked. His big numbers are Dancing With Myself and, and then and Safety Dance. Safety Dance. Yes. Yeah. And that's in Dream On, isn't it? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. When you go fit, I dreamed a little dream of me, too, in, yeah. in Dream On. Yes. And he's so those all sort of... all-rounder, isn't he, in terms of, like, he's just... Like, because I'm looking at the same analysis that, that you've got and that I when I saw it so high what so it high, is is like, that Kevin has a really nice really smooth voice yeah. that mm-hmm. sort of can sing any song in his range Yeah, he's got a good falsetto he's got a little bit you know he can get a little bass in there if he wants to and you know, so I feel like he gets used in that way a lot because it sounds really good versus someone, you know, much I love him, like Kurt might, 
he's got a very specific type of voice, and you could only use it in very specific kind of ways. Mm-hmm. I think they yeah. figured out what to do with him more as the series went on because mm-hmm. they they kind of blew that stereotype out of the water. But specifically in the in that first season, that they they limited him very much. But oh yeah, if you and think about the actors in general. Kevin had pop vocal experience, and if you look at he the was rest in of them, a they boy did not. band. Oh, I know. Yeah. The rest of them did not. They came from Broadway, or they were complete unknowns. That's and so true. Kevin had, I mean, he had the chops for it. He had proven he had the chops for it. So if they had a song that needed those kind of chops, they were going to go with Kevin. Right. That's true. I didn't think about it that way, because nobody else really, yeah, nobody else had a pop background but him. Right. And as much as they tried to force Corey into some of those big numbers, he really didn't have, there were there were times, especially in the first, I'm going to get myself crucified for saying this. But uh, I'm going to agree with you in a second. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> there were times he was straining so hard, I thought he was going to pop a vocal cord. It's, yeah. It's, it's, uh, he just he, he got better as he went along, and he got more experience. But especially in the beginning, I was like, oh, honey, why are you making him sing this song? I Here's my story about, okay, it, I, I'm going to preface this with uh, my master's degree in music. So um, please don't send hate me. <laughs> but um, like the first time I watched the pilot and, and Finn singing in the shower and Will comes up and he is just blown away by how wonderful this this um, this guy is singing wise. And I thought it was a joke. I Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> My husband and I both looked at each other because we're both trained musicians as well. We looked at each other and he's like, that's yeah. the best they could do? Yep. And then I it, even well, and what's really sad is I think that is the best they could have done for Finn <laughs> because his casting the reason why he got cast was not necessarily because he was a singer, it was because his audition video stood out. Right. And they yeah. cast him for his personality and not necessarily because he was Right. You know. He wasn't he wasn't he wasn't cast as a musician. And that's he was okay. cast as a singer. And I, I know I'm going to get crucified for bringing that up. <laughs> no, it's like, please don't send us hate mail. We love, we love Corey oh, and we love Finn. Um, but it's uh, like something that um, when, here's the other thing, when uh, Rachel sings all the duets and, and it, Finn does seem like he's straining and he does get better. I, I mean, season four, Finn sounds so much better. But when Jonathan Groff comes in and sings with Leah Michelle, uh-huh. I'm like, oh, Odd. Well, they have the added bonus that they've sang together for years. Yes. So uh, not only are their voices attuned to each other because of that, but performance-wise, they're well, yeah. attuned to each other. So they're, they're both, they have an advantage. Interestingly enough, they actually didn't record them together. That's the piece I, well, that, that I believe, but, me. Yeah. Because they're, the, the vocal interplay between... Rachel and Jesse is amazing, but they didn't actually record in the studio at the same time, at least according to Adam Anders. No, they I, always don't had they ever, no, I don't think they ever really ever had more than one in there at a time. Right, that's what Adam said. But the thing is, they're both, you know, trained musicians mm-hmm. and trained in the same way. Yeah. Um, so whereas, and you can see the drop-off of official duets, especially even in the back nine, they... they dial it back down. Well, I think um, the the problem they were running into is that because of of Corey not being a professional singer, that especially on certain songs like I'm thinking of No Air, that song is so overproduced. 
It is. And I, I hate to say it, but it's because it's not a good song for him. Yeah. It's, yeah. And I, yeah. just, I often wondered, you know, okay, I understand. Yes, Fence will do it. Why are you picking songs that are not a good fit for his voice? The the worst is the worst, and I, I God, I feel so bad picking on him. Is um a house with uh, one of the first things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm like, why didn't they at least drop it down an octave? Yes. Because when he does those classic rock songs, he does sound good on those because they're in a lower register, mm-hmm. and um. They and he does sound good on those lower ones, but they have him up in the stratosphere to match Kurt, and it's just painful. Yeah, thank well, you. but see, <laughs> on the flip side of that, and I know that we're not really talking about this, but later on, I remember when they did the disco episode, he sounded great in his falsetto, so you could tell that he had worked on it. And he did, and I think all of them did, and I think they all got stronger. I think, well, I think they all went through, well, within reason, I think they all went through some kind of mandatory vocal training. I'm sure they well. It, it I think definitely in and of itself is vocal training. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, there's a, a couple more things I wanted to to mention. Um, first is Puck, and I actually I do, you know, Mark Talley. Okay, we know, but um, he does have a good voice. <laughs> um, and, Personal and issues if, aside. <laughs> yeah, prove that, Andor. Um, we won't talk about that. <laughs> But um, but Puck has a really good voice, and they gave him a lot of old school. They gave him some pop standards, yeah. and he sounds relative. I, I, I'm like, I, I know why they didn't have him sing lead on things, but they could have. If the Kevin thing, you know, if, sorry, if Artie wasn't working out, you could throw Puck in there probably well, pretty the well. I'm forever pissed they didn't give us a full thing of Sweet Caroline. I really wanted yes. the rest of Sweet yeah. Caroline. Uh, yeah. The thing that I always thought was funny was he was like, well, I'm going to continue my tradition of singing songs only by Jewish artists. Yeah, <laughs> what that last for? I I don't remember. I'd have to go look. Probably until sometime in season two, but I just remember thinking that that's probably one of the funniest things he's ever said. <laughs> um, and then the other point I want to make for probably most misused voice would be Quinn. Um, uh, they she's got this gorgeous alto voice. Well, Tina really actually gets that, but I'll talk about that in a second. Um, <laughs> Quinn has this gorgeous alto voice and, and she sounds really good when they use it right but they kept giving her and I understand why they did this for story purposes they kept giving her these kind of like old school girly quote unquote songs like um, oh my gosh I can't think of the one Say a Little uh, Prayer was her first one wasn't it yeah, yeah. Yes. Say, a little, say a little Prayer and then um, oh you you is it You Keep Me Hanging On, keep on. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yes Chad Papa Don't Preach Yep. Actually, I really liked that. That one was, uh, but that was probably one of my favorite songs that she did, and I wish we'd gotten the whole entire song. That was another then, one where they did just a song snippet while she was babysitting instead of giving it in the Madonna episode where it could have been used better. Yeah, yeah. And, and and it was one of the few times where it was it was actually just Mark playing the guitar and her singing. Yeah. Hmm. And then um, there was that really strange one at the end of the season. It's a man's world. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) That was the first Uh, one I thought of when you said misusing Quinn's voice. Oh, I I think I had blocked that out. (laughs) I forgot about that. Why, yes, let's get a bunch of pregnant teenagers and talk about how it's a man's world. That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. 
So I, I'm really sad that they never. I like I said with a lot of the the songs that she sang, character-wise, it may, they make sense. But vocally, I, I just am like they could have still picked good songs. But then, yeah. yeah. So after a while, though, I mean they do this a lot in season one. In season two, they I think they and move forward. They have a better understanding of what their their. And she actually did. ends up in two or three really absolutely gorgeous duets in season two. So. It's like they finally figured out where she fit in with her voice and, and her range and what, what she can do. It's yep. too bad they never really figured out what to do with her character, but that's another that's, that's another podcast. podcast. That's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, okay, yeah, we got to talk about uh, poor Tina, who oh. gets one solo. Um, they And Jenna, if I'm remember, you guys can correct me because I don't fully know, but she is Broadway trained. She was on Broadway, right? Yeah, and Leah were in a show together at one point. Wasn't she Spring Awakening, wasn't it? Guys, I'm going to pause it for just a second. I'm so sorry. Okay, sorry about that. (laughs) Good to know that happens in other people's houses, too. I was just going to say, that could happen in my house. Anyway, going back to... Tina, <laughs> poor, poor Tina, who is yes. neglected. I don't. Jenna did have a Broadway background, but I don't remember if they were on the same show or if they just knew each other. Um, I thought she was a part of Spring Awakening. She was. She, she was. She was I can't Spring remember. In, I'm looking her up right now. She started in the The King mm-hmm. and I in '96. Yeah, I know that. Um, she well, did I read... Spring Awakening in 2008. Okay, then she did. Okay. okay. Yeah, because I read Leah's book, and they talk, she talked a lot about Jenna in there at one point, but I couldn't, I'm blanking, I couldn't remember if she's actually on the show or if they just knew each other. You know, she has um, a really great voice, and it's trained, and it sounds good, and I don't know why they, is it just because they don't know what to do with Tina as a character, but they never make any use of it. And on True Colors, her one big solo, they auto-tune it to death. I, I don't. It's a nice song and she sounds good, but then it's so much like you know, pro- so much auto tuning and so much produced. I I don't know what the reasoning behind all of that was. I don't know either. Their use of auto tune is a whole other podcast in itself. <laughs> True. Um, and then there is a one person I've neglected to talk about that I I really should. Um, uh, we've got Kurt who mm-hmm. sings a lot of girl songs, a lot of pop standard E um, female songs, but I mean it, the cool thing, I can't say this for everybody because I haven't studied it, and at this point I've studied quite a bit of Kurt. Um, <laughs> everything that he does is connected to his character. And you know, I, I thought just... I read somewhere that Chris at one point had said that when it comes to singing, if he's going to sing a lead, he really doesn't want to sing unless it was important to the character or to the storyline. He never wanted to sing just to sing. So mm-hmm. when Kurt busts out a solo, it's a big deal because it's going to directly affect his character. It's going to directly affect his storyline and all the people in his orbit. Yep. And and I think you can see that. I mean, throughout season one, all of the songs that he sings are um, very relevant to his character. And even the little lines that he gets in, in other songs in the back nine, uh, you know, it just has a lot of resonance mm-hmm. to me. Because so. he had what? He had he had the, the dancing with single ladies. Mm-hmm. He had Fine he Gravity. 
Defying Gravity. He doesn't get anything else until... Um, Rose's uh, Rose right? Well, Power of Madonna, he has a line, a couple of lines in some of those songs. Mm-hmm. He has um, there's, oh, what'd you say? Oh, yeah, four minutes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Four <laughs> minutes. I, 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 if you want to pinpoint the moment where Kurt blew up, I think that was probably it. Because <laughs> there was Chris Colfer strutting around in a cheerleading uniform, singing a Madonna song, and everybody went, whoa. <laughs> what is this kid? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and um, there's the one in home. There's the oh, house is not a home. Yep. yep. House is not a home. Pink houses. Um, 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 Rose's Rose turn. And bad romance. I love Although with bad, bad romance, romance, he was. I mean, he wasn't really like he didn't have a. He didn't have like a. a I was trying to say, I don't think he had like a line to himself specifically. He did, he, did rah, 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 he did all the rah-rah. The I guess he did, yeah. I, I just felt like that <laughs> was more background than anything. But you can really hear him. Yeah. I think that's yeah. what's so significant about that is that, yeah, you've got all the other girls. But his voice, when I, that song comes on, his voice is the one that I hear. And that's what stands out for me. Yeah. It, th- yeah. th- that song was what, what sold me on Chris Colfer, his voice. And same with Naya Rivera. Yeah, that was the first time I had yeah. heard her voice as a standout and went, oh, my goodness, I love that voice. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was just, I, I just, I'm really yeah, yeah, and Bad Romance. It was as soon as she came in, I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it was a real moment it, for her. Shame they never did a duet together. That would have been a Kurt Santana oh thing. Oh, my been God. Oh. Just the list of things <laughs> they could have done and never did, and so many opportunities. The snark and the sass that could come out of the two of them in a number. Oh, my God. <laughs> Maybe that's why they didn't do it because they knew they'd kill everybody (laughs) (laughs) but you know another thing about Kurt and and really kind of uh, more on Chris Colfer um he really did grow too as it like I've mentioned it in when we were talking about wheels in that podcast it is a little shaky there when I hear that and not just the blown note but just listening to the recording of that I can tell it's a a younger kid but when he, you know, he said just that himself right. too. He said he was so much. He he, he so much wanted to re- redo Defying Gravity because he mm-hmm. had grown so much, and he wanted to be able to 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 do it the way he heard it in his head or something like that. Yep. And I'm so grateful that in season five, or we finally got to you know even I I don't know if we got it until what the series was done that recording of the his whole second version of Defying Gravity, yeah. but. Um, and then he, his range, it, I mean, it's it's amazing, but it, it's kind of cool when you can hear the bottom of his range shoot all the way to the top. It's just... Yeah. It's his gorgeous. range is insane. Yeah. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah, well, any... And, uh, that reminds me of we, funk. Yeah, funk. I was just going to say, did we mention <laughs> funk? <laughs> and everyone's singing like, that at the beginning, and everybody goes, well, that's Chris, and we're all turn around going, what? <laughs> I swear I thought that that was something that they had computerized that you know where they took his voice and lowered it but he says no that's his actual voice he what can't actually hit that note i think yes that's what he did said he yeah. do an interview where he did it too he's like oh, you guys don't believe me i'll go ahead and do it and he did it yeah. I, he might be pulling that out of my butt but <laughs> there's a good chance that i think that uh, he did something like where he's like oh, i better talk about it you know he dropped down way down while he was like talking or something yep um, can oh can we talk about somebody who did not get a song the entire season and we haven't even brought him up? Oh sure, 
Matt Rutherford didn't even <laughs> get a line. <laughs> I wonder, can does anybody know anything about the actor? Does John he sing? Does he, I have no yeah. idea if he sings, but he danced. And I think that's mm-hmm. why they cast him. And mm. to this day, I have no idea why he didn't come back for the rest of the show. But whatever it was, they got over it by the he time the show was ending. He did episode at the very end. <laughs> but, I mean, they got over it by the time the show ended. But apparently, the rumor is something happened in, during hiatus where he was let go. Oh. Oh. But this was before See, social was... media was in every aspect of the characters' lives, and the and the paparazzi and, and TMZ wasn't up in their faces every five minutes. So <laughs> we don't me, know like, what I happened. I was so not part of the fandom back then. I had no idea what even a fandom was back then. So I wasn't in you fandom know, yet, but yeah. You know who else doesn't really sing a lot for as much as her character was very prominent? Um, Emma. You know, though, I and I often wondered if that was because she's not a singer either. Okay, she's. I mean, she can, but I. Uh, I feel like she. She's not a trained singer, and I also no. felt like. Um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking. Jane Lynch. I felt like even though she can sing, also that there's a, a few times her songs were really, really, auto tuned. What did they do yeah. with Vogue? I mean, I, I still don't understand that whole... I I, under, I I mean, the Madonna piece of it I get, and the, the... But putting Kurt and Mercedes doing that with Sue, it it always just felt odd to me. I just rolled with it at that point. <laughs> yeah, <You> just, <laughs> that, that, something that... It's Glee! Again, I just stopped questioning that. I can wave that away. It's Glee. <laughs> Yeah, we kind of did. We do. We did. I already did the Madonna episode uh, podcast, and and we kind of talk on that a little bit, um, and we kind of uh, chalk it up to Kurt and um, liking a good makeover. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the kind of weird little bond that Sue and Kurt have. Well, and weren't weren't uh, uh, Kurt and Mercedes on the cheerleading squad at that point? Yep. Or they, they were. were getting ready. Or they were getting ready to be. Right, That's the episode right. where they joined. So I think that they kind of wanted to throw them into Sue's orbit in order for that to happen. Mm. Um, but um, then, like, later on, I think, because Physical is also in season one, yes? Yeah. yeah. And that is, I mean, it's a fun number, but it's more one of those uh, I would rather watch than listen to. Mm. I, um, um, shoot. What I think, I remember when the Vogue thing was released, and that was a big deal because they cre- recreated the music video. And they even there was a aired it of, ahead of the episode. They did. There was a lot of press about that. Yeah. And then they again in, in Bad Reputation, which is the next episode with Physical, and then the, the media was already like, okay, you're doing this too much. <laughs> and then they turn around and did it again with Gaga. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know how much they really recreated music videos after season one, um, they did Michael Jackson. Um, yeah, they did. Uh, yeah. Uh, what was the name of that song? Want to be starting something? Yeah. Was it that one? It was the, with Kevin and and uh, Scream. They redid Scream. Thank Scream. you. Yes, Scream. yes, yes that's, that's what it was. Uh, yeah. Artie and Mike. Thank you. Yes. Did it. Yeah. Yep. You're right. Um, they did. One thing I, I wanted to mention again. I'm sorry, going back a topic. Um, is um. Uh, one of the things that's really different in season one is that there's a lot of solos 
and there are a lot of group numbers, and there's not really um, that many in-betweens. I mean, yeah, there's Finchel Duet, and um, there's a lot of Finchel Duets, and, but that's kind of, they, that, a lot of those are the group numbers, so there's not really any really, I mean, we get some duets, but not a lot of them, and no trios, really, no small group numbers. You just kind of get either a solo or you get a group number. The Unholy Trinity wasn't really even a thing. They hadn't named it yet. No. And 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 that, I mean, aside from Quinn singing for, for like, Say a Little Prayer, that wasn't even really that. <laughs> no, it was just yeah, another dancing backup is what that was. Yeah. They were lip-syncing, but they were definitely not singing. No. <laughs> I think you I heard did not hear Naya's voice in that one at all. No way. All right, well, moving down the list here. Um, oh, okay, so let's get into talking about guest stars. Uh-huh. And um, when I was writing down the guest stars, something that I noticed was that um, their big guest stars that sang are um, Jonathan Groff, uh, Kristen Chenoweth, Adina Menzel and um, Neil Patrick Harris, all really big Broadway names. Yes. Can we talk about the fact that Josh Groban was in an episode and he didn't even sing? Yeah. Well, let's see. Eve was, too. He was in two episodes, wasn't he? Yeah, was he in one or two? Two. He was in two. He was in the end, too. He was a judge at the end for regional. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. He was that. a judge for yep. along with Olivia Newton-John. Right. Yeah. Because I did the mouth with his that's song right. and Olivia Newton-John's song. The yeah. Yep. The oral intensity, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I forgot that he showed up. And Eve was in it too, but she didn't sing either. No, she did not. She no. was, um, yeah, because she was a teacher for the the, the, oh, the juvenile yeah, detention yeah. school. Or, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think it's interesting that you know. Here's the show that is kind of um, talking. They're they're doing a lot of older songs, but their guest stars are Broadway and recent Broadway people. I I just maybe that's where they had their connections. I mean, with Leah and Matt coming from from Broadway, they they knew Kristen. I'm sure. Oh yeah, and. you know I don't know how does. they got Neil Patrick Harris, but what I do know is that's also the episode that Joss Whedon directed. Yep. Yeah. So it's probably so. a connection. Had he already the done pro- Doctor Horrible at that point? I think so. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty. I'm yeah. 99% sure that that had already been done. So they yeah. all knew, you know, and they knew Neil could sing. Well, wasn't he? I mean, he's been on the. Gosh, how long has he been doing Broadway? Off and on forever. I was going to say a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Neil Patrick? Uh, mm-hmm. Well, we'll Google it. We'll find out. Yeah, I mean, like, I did read his autobiography, by the way, as a side note. If you if you want a very entertaining autobiography, read that. Huh. It's kind of hilarious. But it's from Broadway. But the reason why she got cast is because everybody kept going, Oh my God, she looks just like Leah Michelle. Yep, you cast her as her mother. Yep, so I they did. Yeah. Saw a recent picture of Leah Michelle that I'm like, Oh my God, she looks just like Adina. And in, in it is kind of well, scary how how much they look alike. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Patrick Harris started on Broadway in 2001, by the way. Oh, why? There you go. Uh, so I. 
I just on in Dina and Rachel sort of when I was watching it sort of wasn't sort of on the internet scoping things out. I didn't really have a Broadway background and didn't have a lot of knowledge about these people. But as soon as that woman showed up on the screen, I was like, well, you know who she's going to be. There was absolutely... <laughs> <laughs> it was like, okay. I, <laughs> I knew who she was because I love Rent, which is yeah. a big thing that blew her up. She was in Rent and then she went on to be in Wicked and now, you know, she's mm-hmm. a, a Broadway name. So... For that, I like I knew who she was when they were talking about adding her. Yeah, uh, and then uh, I had no idea who Jonathan Groff was. I didn't know I didn't they either. were on Spring Awakening together until a long time after that. And no. I, I knew about Spring Awakening because a guy that I went to school with was the guitar player for Spring Awakening, so I had seen <laughs> a lot of the stuff for that. <laughs> but I had no idea who Adina Menzel was. <laughs> so different different backgrounds there. Yeah, and I didn't yeah. know who Kristen Chenoweth was either. I knew Kristen Chenoweth from um, Pushing Daisies, the Daisy yeah. show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think Which when I first really... was hearing about her, that was the thing everybody said. It didn't occur to me that she had done Broadway until somebody was like, oh, by the way, she was in Wicked. <laughs> um, is it bad that I just knew of her because of her relationship with Aaron Sorkin? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, just joking. <laughs> Studio 60, so, uh, and they had a whole character that was like the Chris and Chenoweth type. So, <laughs> oh, I getting to to the vocal performances uh, personally. I'm just gonna say this is my personal opinion, and you guys can all agree or disagree. Um, but I, I think Jonathan Groff sounded the best most of the time, except for and, and Dina Menzel did too. Uh, Chris and Chenoweth, they kept giving her strange songs to sing. <laughs> But I wonder how much of that is, it's not really Kristen, it's it's right. April Rhodes. Yeah. Right. So. Oh, yeah, and I'm not knocking their vocal. I mean, you know, Kristen Chenoweth is amazing, amazing. But, like, just the songs they kept giving her, I'm like, why do they keep giving her these weird songs to sing? Yeah. Like, don't quite fit with her vocal, you know. Yeah, um, let's see, they did, she did Maybe This Time and Last well, Name. Then- Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I still can't uh, listen to that one with a straight face. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get it. For, I guess for, for Will Schuster. Come on. <laughs> for a character, if you listen to the lyrics of Last Name, it makes a lot of sense. It really but, does. But this, this I, yeah, I just a high I don't know. Show what... choir. Yeah. <laughs> if our high school choir director tried to have a character had have a person sing that song, they'd get fired. I know. <laughs> then again, there's so many things teachers do that would get them fired. Yeah. And um, with uh, Neil Patrick Harris, he just was only on for that one episode, so we didn't really get to hear a lot of him. But they get also, but, uh, I mean. It wasn't Dream On. Just, Dream On was just a Dream On. Dream On. one episode, and he ended up with three solos. So. <laughs> <laughs> Wish we had gotten a full uh, uh, rendition of uh, Piano Man. Yeah, that would have, I w- yeah, I would have been amazing. <laughs> Weirdest song choice for a guest star, though, I do believe goes to Adina Mattel duet. With Leah <laughs> We all knew exactly <laughs> what you were talking about. I just... <laughs> well, okay. I love the song. I love the arrangement. I love that it's acoustic. They sound amazing right. together. Why on earth are they singing this song together? Yep, exactly. <laughs> just when she talks about her muffin, it was just like... <laughs> But um, at the same time, um, 
one of my favorite duets were uh, was uh, again Dina Menzel and and Lee Michelle with um, I Dreamed a Dream. Yeah. I, I think that's just mm-hmm. gorgeous. Yeah, that's really pretty. But it was the same with um, I think Kristen and Leah and maybe this time was mm-hmm. gives me, still gives me a little shit light to this day because sort of I, as I said before, I, coming from a background, I wasn't really exposed to Broadway and this type of music and these types of performances until I really started watching Glee and. Kristen on maybe this time just sticks with me as something like wow, you know I like this. I you know I want to I want to experience this more. And it was the same with I Dreamed a Dream. Sort of you know at that point when I was watching it, you know I didn't know Les Mis. I you know didn't know all of that sort of stuff. And they sort of really stuck with me as you know opening, broadening my horizons in terms of music and things like that. They just sound incredible, and I can listen to them again and again and again. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Well, that's really cool that mm. you can, you know, I, I like that. I like that Glee can, you know, expose you to different types of music and, and you can be like, oh, wow, I never really yeah. thought of this. Yeah. I, I, I know a lot of times Glee sometimes got crap about doing covers, but at the same time, some of their covers were, um, I hate to use this quote, but better than the original. Yeah. <laughs> I have an entire playlist on my music. On, on my on my iTunes that is just devoted to Glee songs that were better than the original. <laughs> and a playlist full of them. So sometimes they will they will they would cover a song and I had hated the original for whatever reason. And and they would do it and I was like, Wow, this song's actually really good. You know what it is? It's not the song. It's the mm-hmm. artist. Yeah. 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 Oh, confession. I can't stand Katy Perry's Teenage Dream. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> High five across the airwaves right here. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not from... That Jesus, was the first like, one I put in the better than the original playlist. Right? <laughs> when, there's, um, when they did, covered the Bieber songs, I thought yes. my issue with them was the songs. No, my issue is Bieber. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, moving on. Um, let's get into. Oh, sorry, about... Katis, I just wanted to be. Oh no no no! Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I just I just need to say I was just devastated that I didn't get to hear Victor Garber sing. I adore that oh. man. Love that oh, man. And when he, I, when he popped up in that episode, I was like, this is you know left over from my obsessed alias days. I've been in love with him ever since, and oh, that we gosh. only so. I would have put up with more Will storylines if it meant that we got to have Victor Garber on that show again singing yeah. because yeah, why didn't we get him again? Love him. He burnt love down him. their house, didn't he? Pardon? Was there, huh? Wasn't there a throwaway line about how his dad burnt down their house? Sorry, it's not. I just yeah, it was just we didn't get enough of him in that that episode. No. Well, that whole like, first uh, few episodes where. Like his with his parents and you have Victor Garber as his dad and I don't remember who played his mom but she was drunk all the time. Um, yep. Like and, and goofing uh, around with uh, Josh Groban. Oh my gosh, because yeah. Josh Groban loves a bluesy alcoholic. Yes. yes. <laughs> Talk about oh inappropriateness. I'm going to throw this in there just on a random tangent. Um, how inappropriate to sing whatever song they sang at the teacher yes. or the PTA meeting. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't remember what song that was. It was, but, it was oh, um, I wrote it down. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah they did. Go ahead, Melissa. What were you saying? It was, I want to sex you up, is what they performed. Yeah. And Puck looks, like, directly at Sue and, like, does a little... <laughs> 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 
butt jiggler. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and my, in my notes, I wrote, sex you up for the PTA meeting? Really? <laughs> you know, I think that push it was bad, but I mean, come on. <laughs> well, and when Will was doing um, Bust a Move with the kids, he, oh, yeah. he, he goes right into Kurt's face and, and wraps the line, the girl is stacked, and the look on Chris Colfer's face yep. was hilarious. <laughs> I have never actually seen somebody, like, exude that much disdain for another person <laughs> in one look. Yes, it was perfect. Yes. Uh, and I, yeah. I remember that, thinking about that, because... um. It's totally unrelated, but I just unlocked that solo on Glee Forever. (laughs) It's only taken me like four months, three months to unlock it, you know, right before they shut the game down. And so all I can think of is just that scene every time I play it. Yeah. 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 The look on Kurt's face is forever burned behind my eyes. And that was really the start of his um, expressions. That's that's when he figured out that he could pull focus by <laughs> making the background. Um, uh, going on a little Glee Forever tangent, um, because it is related to season one. I I can't. I, I like watch. I think one of the funniest moments of season one musically is Run Joey One Run, but I cannot play it. Oh, oh God, you can't so play dumb. it. Yeah, no. But it, it, yeah, we should mention that because that is. Really, one of the funniest things that they did. <laughs> and it came it back as a, as a recurring joke for the rest yeah. of the series. You yeah, need I mean, to apologize to America for run joking. <laughs> 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 what is it in season two? Rachel's like, we should do run, Joey, run. run. <laughs> and then Santana's like, how about your best jam ever? Run, Joey, run. <laughs> I don't even know what season that's from. Way like four. <laughs> I should have wanted to have mentioned it in New York. I mean, when they were talking in New York, they came up again. Oh, yes, geez. they really did. <coughs> yeah, that one, okay. that one did not die. <coughs> but on the flip side of that, because, and I always thought that this is really interesting because that episode, Run Joey Run, was played up for this over the top, really dramatic, campy, just, you know blatantly funny thing, but mm. they really kind of do the same, uh, the opposite of that in the same way at the end, I think it's that episode when they do um, Total Eclipse of the Heart. Mm. Because yeah. it's Rachel and Finn and Jesse. I don't know why Puck didn't get in on that because he was in Run, Joey, Run, but it's the three of them having their big moment where they realize that she's torn between them and, and, and neither one of them are very happy with her right now. And that was what that song was about. So I thought it was the complete total opposite of that. And one of the few times they actually use the music the right way. Yeah. I'm going to throw out there. We talked about this on the, um, on the bad reputation podcast. And I'm going to mention it again here. If you have not gone to see on YouTube, the video for total eclipse of the heart, I really encourage you to do that because <laughs> it's just bizarre. You mean the Body Tyler like, video? Yeah. Oh, yep. gosh. I grew up with the Body Tyler video. <laughs> have you seen the one that's got, like, the alternative subtitles or the alternative lyrics over the top? So they're, like, narrating the video clip? 
No, Taylor I have Taylor. not seen that one. Oh my goodness. What is that? One? Amazing. I've, I just remember watching it with students a couple of years ago. The literal um, video? Is that the literal, the literal, yeah, the the literal video? Yeah, the Total yeah. of the Heart literal video. Yes. Really <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to watch that as soon as yeah, we're done. I'm going to bookmark it. <laughs> I love the literal videos. They're hilarious. So. Okay, so um, going on to our, our next subject, um, themed episodes. And, and something that I noticed was um, the, the Ballad has one, but that's really the only really th- well it's, eh, it's not really, really a loose theme though yeah and it's not really like it doesn't really start until you get hello and you get all of these songs with hello in it and then the madonna episode and um and then after that we've got all the home songs mm-hmm. and bad reputation are all quote-unquote bad songs and laryngitis is kind of loose but um dream on is all about dreaming theatricality is you know lady gaga and kiss and then um, the journey stuff at the very end. Laryngitis well, was all yeah. losing things that are important to you. All the songs oh, in Laryngitis were that, that theme of yeah, Rachel lost her voice, and Finn lost Rachel, and it, it, the Kurt was losing his dad, or at least the, the thought he was at the time. Um, so the, the Puck lost his hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Wait, is, is, is laryngitis exactly. the one where Kurt was dressing uh, a little more? Yes. Yeah, yeah. He okay. Well, wait, couldn't you say then it Kurt lost himself? Yeah, yeah. That, but yeah. he lost himself in the attempt to try and get his dad back from what he was thinking when you know Finn stole him. Yeah, but it's not as much of a musical theme in that one. Right. No. It's still but theme, they all but... do. Yeah, the back nine all has it's the beginning of the theme stuff, and which I. I actually kind of think it's kind of cool. I mean, I know a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, we liked it when they just picked, you know, stuff out that fit the story and they didn't necessarily write the the story around the songs. But I don't know. They got, you know, really creative with it. It was interesting to see where they would what they would do with different themes. Yeah, I still find it hilarious that in that Front 13, they had a theme episode called Mashup but didn't do any mashups in the episode. And right. two episodes before that, they had all the mashups. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and the vitamin D thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, and that is stretching the the. It it does stretch it a little bit. Um, not all of those I really would consider ballads, but you know. If you uh, look at it in the songs that tell a story versus love songs, right? Piece. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, can I talk about just for a minute? And this doesn't have to say in the podcast if you don't want it to, because it's only sort of related. But um, I can no longer listen to uh, Endless Love <laughs> because after I read Leah's book, I realized yeah. that her and Matthew Morrison had dated. Ugh. I'm sorry. And it skeeved me out so bad, I can no longer watch that whole sequence where she's got a crush on him. It does put a whole different level on it, doesn't it? <laughs> doesn't it just? <laughs> Especially because then she ends up with Corey, and it's just so weird. And you could totally edit that whole thing out, because I don't know that no. that needs to be in there, but I just remember, you know, with, with the ballad episode... <laughs> Yeah. I had a hard I have a hard time going back and watching that now. Well, I mean and <clears throat> sorry. Uh like taking the Madonna episode though, I 
you guys have any thoughts on on the beginning of them trying to focus on in a single artist? I mean, I think that the Madonna episode is actually one of the the better episodes. Of, I actually, I think it was too, and I, and I think part of that. Well, I mean, obviously it was overly hyped up, like way like to death. <clears throat> but I also think that when it comes to song choice, when they went and through and picked Madonna songs, they did a really good job. Yes. So because they had "Express Yourself," which was an amazing girls number. They had mm-hmm. the Open Your Heart Borderline, which was a Fitchell duet. Which I loved, though, because of, uh, not necessarily because of Fitted Rachel, was, but I loved all the Madonnas in it. Well, that yes. too. But, and, yes. and, and it's one of the first times that we get to see, I mean, really, I, mean, I think we only see it a handful of other times, where Finn and Rachel are, are playing while they're performing. Mm-hmm. They don't really do that, especially Rachel. Oh, no, she's so intense and everything. Uh-huh. For her to relax and just kind of let loose a little and, 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 you know, to be playful, that was different, mm-hmm. a different side of her. And then we have, of course, you have the Vogue number, which was, which is just amazing and all. It was, so it was very cool. It just confused me, but that's okay. Well, I'm well, confused. confused you. <laughs> I mean, but the actual video, I mean, it's the first time Artie directs. It's the first time that, you know, Sue really performs. Isn't it? She didn't really sing before that, did she? Well, she had a dance number, but, like, no, I think that's the first time she sings. Okay, yeah. And then, well, and, of course, like, three-fourths of the way through the song, she starts changing the lyrics about how much she hates Will. (laughs) (laughs) So that was amazing. Um, There's Madonna blasting in the corridors between, in every scene. Yep. yep, and then Madonna, uh, that, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say there's that other uh, song, um, gosh, what was it, Ray of Light, that the, they were doing. Oh, yeah. on the stilts. On the stilts, yeah. And mm-hmm. um, and then at the end, they do Like a Prayer, mm-hmm. which is just hands down one of my favorite Madonna songs, period. Um, and one of also, my favorite from that whole season one, that's one of my favorite numbers that yes. they ever did. Um, well, and, and I don't know if we really talked about this too much, but, um, Jonathan Groff has a deleted song from this episode. Yep. I'll get to that in just a second. I'm going to pin that and we'll talk about deleted scenes or, or songs okay. that they were going to, because we can go on. I have a list of stuff that we can talk about. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, out of the themed episodes, Madonna is definitely the, probably my favorite. Um, the least, I, I think funk just. Funk did not work. The song choices for that song. Uh. I think the problem was it's, it's song choices. Like, nobody really liked the song choices. And, um, like, it didn't really work as a, what What was that? Is that 21? Yeah. yeah. It didn't work as a, I think the word I'm wondering is penultimate. It's the episode right before the end. It didn't yeah, work. Right. There. Well, they switched the order there. Did they? It was originally yep. funk yes, supposed happy. to air earlier. Well, it was supposed to go funk, theatricality, and then journey, but they wanted to. I don't know why they changed it. it I don't know. It, it could have been them. It could have been Fox. It's hard to tell. Yeah, so it just didn't work for me as the episode right before the end of the season. That was not the storyline that you want to do. And I mean, I understand that they were, you know, there was a lot of vocal adrenaline stuff in there and some of that worked, but the music just didn't work. 
you know, talk about horrifying things. Um, that was uh, when Will saying, tell me something good yeah. to Sue. Oh, <laughs> another thing that I had repressed. <laughs> and he's oh. little dancing. That might actually be <laughs> the first time I actively disliked him. Ugh. Because my dislike for him really bloomed later on. But that scene, because that was awful. I mean, mm. just watching it was awful. But <laughs> I just can't watch that. But what he did to her was really mean. And, and, I, and that's really saying something, considering who she is. Mm. <laughs> I felt bad for her. Mm. What does that say? <laughs> I, I, I had a Twitter conversation with... Um, Wesley Taylor, he was an actor in Smash, and he was in the original Rock of Ages, and um, I had I actually asked him what his favorite Glee episode was, and it was Funk. What? He loved it. Really? He absolutely loved it, and he loved it because of the storyline between Schuster and Sue. He thought it was hilarious. What? Well, you know, there's something for somebody, I guess. <laughs> people out there liked it. I wasn't one of those people. <laughs> I was not either. <laughs> there are aspects of the episode that were really good. Um, all of the vocal adrenaline numbers were great. Don't they? They do another one bites the dust in that episode, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is amazing. You get that whole scene with, with John and Adina and how she wants smiles so big it can cure cancer. <laughs> yeah. And 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 then the at the end it's like we've never been able to. That's actually. Not to stop on your parade. I, I, that is in Hello. Is that in Hello? Yeah. I can't remember. But at the end of that, he says they've never been able to do a funk number. And and he says that's because we're soulless automatons. Oh. <laughs> is the episode very egg Rachel? Yeah. 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 Is that the episode um, where they egg Rachel? Yep. Yeah. <sighs> um, the one, the episode that this is. I love the music in this episode, but I don't necessarily like the episode that much, um, and I'm really in the minority of it, but it's Dream On. I, I think all of the music in that episode was fantastic. The music was great. The plot was kind of... I, I, know, I, know, I like the people... episode because Neil Patrick Harris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and good music. But yeah, that one always sticks out. Whenever I get to that one, the, the music is just very well done, but you know, now that I think of it, you've got, you know, you've got um, Leah and John Groff and Adina Menzel singing and even Kevin McHale. I mean, it's you've got your your really high tier Broadway vocalists out there yeah. singing songs. So. And then, well, and then um, performance wise, um, not of course Dream On musically was amazing, but the performance you know that they did was. Really, really well done. Uh, safety dance was um, done as a flash mob, mm-hmm. which I to this day they've never been able to pull off something quite like that. So yeah, the, loved, there was just loved, a lot of that episode that was really well done. Yeah, I loved Will and Brian doing Dream On together. Yes, and when they announced Neil Patrick Harris as Hedwig later on. I flashed back to that, and I was like, oh, he's going to nail it. Because <laughs> he did that song. I heard that song. I remember, oh, yeah, he's got that down. That's not going to be a problem at all. No. And actually, I was just thinking, because um, we, we hadn't really talked about this one, and, and, and in the front, I think it was in the front nine, 
Um, can we talk for a minute about Ride With Me? Uh, oh, yeah. Because we haven't really talked about it because it doesn't really yeah, fit in anywhere. Work. And the reason why it didn't really fit in anywhere is because it wasn't scripted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. They I were goofing I off. Yeah. During, and what song was this? Um, Throwdown? Throwdown. Yeah. yeah. The cast was goofing off. And they filmed it. And they filmed it while they were goofing off. And it ended up turning out so well, they kept it in. You know, and it's really kind of a cool little moment because I, I think, it, now, can you guys are going to have to correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Darren Chris is the only one that really did anything live, right? Everything other than writing. I was writing. wondering about the, um, the, the auditions in the, in, the, in the pilot episode. Uh, those um, were not live. Those were not live. Okay, I wasn't sure because uh-uh. Finn and Shower were sounded live to me. That might have been. That might have been. That might have been yeah. live, but the actual on stage auditions, I'm pretty sure they recorded those. Okay, yeah, but I wasn't the... sure. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Teach. Go ahead. No, I was just I wasn't sure about those, but yeah, Ride with Me. Um, my understanding was that that they were goofing around and, and being silly and goofy, and uh, and Ooh, Other than, like, I, I this is awesome. Can you do that? Explain understanding how that went down. Teach you, you cut out just a little bit on that. Oh, one. sorry about that. I just my understanding of how that whole Ragged Me thing went down was that um, the powers that be walked in uh, as the cast was moving around and said, "This is awesome. Can you do that again?" And then they filmed it. Pretty mm-hmm. much. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and if you look at it, it's one of the few times it's literally like you can actually see the friendship between them. Like sometimes well, yeah. you're wondering like, why do you people spend time with each other? Because you half the time they don't even like each other. It's kind of an interesting little enigma a little bit because um, I don't a hundred percent know how in character they were supposed to be, but um Not too. They are generally having fun, mm-hmm. and, and you can hear all of their voices come out where, and when you hear the, the makeup produced, uh-huh. oh, yeah, one thing I wanted to mention, when you hear the, the big choir numbers, uh-huh. they obviously are, they have um, doubled mm-hmm. and tripled the, the backup on it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they don't sound like a 12-piece choir. They sound like a 90-piece uh-huh. choir. And um, that's really, really obvious, and numbers like don't stop believing. Right. Um, There's only five the, of them. That There's no way they've gotten all those do 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 da da da's in uh-huh. there with just those. No, and nobody's really <laughs> not make that much noise. I'm just saying. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's kind of cool to hear what they really sound like without the the, the production element to it, or the, all the mixing, all the audio auto tune, all the doubled tracks. It is really kind of cool to hear them just. And as it's that. one of the few times as a kind of let loose group number that I recall that Kurt actively participated in. Yeah. He was playing so, around with uh, Brittany and one uh, somebody else. I don't remember who. And, like, you, Rachel was talking, was over with the guys, and Finn was busting out the drums. It's one of the first times, like, you see him play in the choir room. Hmm. Well, and you can see, like I said, I, I don't know how much of character, because you definitely see people who may not normally, like, get along, and everybody's having fun in yes. that number. And then, so then you're just like, well, you know, 
are they because ha- they weren't supposed to be hanging out. That was the whole point of that episode. So they weren't supposed to be hanging out. So were they getting along because they weren't supposed to be hanging out? So there was that whole forbidden element. So of course we're going to hang out and get along. Mm. You know, but I just thought that Ride With Me is one of those things that they, so well done, everybody loves it, no one ever has a bad thing to say about it, it was pretty much filmed live, and they never, ever, ever were able to capture anything like that again. Group, group, group dynamic, yes. Because I was going to say, in a group dynamic, yes, because of course, well, that goes without saying, (laughs) I mean, you know, Darren's. And, and what he did is was amazing. It's just that that group dynamic, that group performance, that real choir vibe. Yeah, which makes me a little sad that they didn't trust their because they did have some just amazing vocals on that show mm-hmm. that they didn't trust it a little more than they did. Yeah. So, so. All right. Well, talking about um, deleted songs here. Um, Interestingly, and I will post this list on um, on on the the blog. Um, the most of the deleted stuff is actually from the first episode, um, and there's and season one has the most deleted season, deleted songs. Um, That's not shocking. <laughs> but I'm, I don't know how many of these they actually um, actually were filmed. Um, I know Hello Twelve, Hello Thirteen, Hello Love. Some by Rachel and Jesse for Hello. They did eventually release that. Yeah, I, I did see that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just not as familiar with a lot of these songs. Like I said, I'll, I'll post this so everybody can take a look. Um, that I, t- I did talk about how um, I could have danced all night and Bust a Move was going to be a, a, a mashup. I'm so glad um, they didn't do that. Yeah. That would have been bad. Oh, Tina has a, a song that was nixed for the Madonna song, and it's Justify My Love and Erotica. I can just imagine why that got cut. <laughs> I, I found a familiar with those songs, so. Is, yes, it's Fox. And yes, they pushed the envelope, but I don't know if they want to push it that much. Well, and the other thing was the Madonna episode. I think it was one of those things where they bit off more than they could chew. So they wanted to do so much with it that they overextended themselves. Yeah. Um, there's the Fergalicious number, which I, I do, we do actually talk a lot about that in the home podcast. Yeah, but that we kind of couldn't shut up about that. Yeah. <laughs> so that one is a little bit, um, I, I don't want to get too redundant with that. Um, and yeah, none of these are sticking out to me as the, I, oh, I wonder what that would have been like if they'd actually done that. Um, it looks like, uh, Rachel, Mercedes, and Tina in, in an unknown episode was going to, were they were going to sing Tell Him, which is a Barbara Streisand and Celine Duet, Celine Dion duet. Ooh, um, I'm looking at apparently it that was supposed to be in Throwdown. Oh, really? It, apparently it was recorded. And it was <gasps> then why do I not have it? Well, the, yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't <laughs> know how accurate the source is that I'm looking at right yeah. now, but that's what it says. There's um, a, a lot of the songs that they recorded that they didn't use. <clears throat> they did eventually just release but that's not one of them. And that's um, there's on um, further down on this list. There's that the list of things that they recorded and released. So I was just talking about the stuff that they ended up not using or, or recording really at all. Okay, so. maybe they just never recorded that. They were thinking about doing it. It just never got recorded. Hmm. Um. Yeah. 
Uh, Melissa, if you're looking at the same list, anything stick out to you? Uh, well, with my list here, apparently Rachel and Jesse were supposed to sing Xanadu. I heard, I remember hearing about that. I don't think they were. I would have it, loved that. I would have oh my God! Can you just imagine the camp that would have come out of that? Yeah, I wonder if that was taken out. Um, I wonder if that was taken out because Home is such a heavy episode. Yeah. Well, from it looking back, worked. yeah, was I don't think this even was recorded. Um, along the lines of uh, M- Rachel and Sandy performing "Money, Money, Money" in the pilot <laughs> episode. <laughs> Oh my God! What <laughs> would, that, would that have gone along with him and Hank and the inappropriate touching then, or what? <laughs> I kind yeah. of want to see that. That just oh. <laughs> I noticed there's a Coldplay song that, I, and didn't they always have issues with Coldplay yes. songs? That um, they kept but, wanting to do them and wanting to do them and wanting to do them, and what's his face from Coldplay kept saying no. And then finally, is it in season three? Right. They got to do Fix You. And yeah. then The Scientist. Ugh. And The Scientist in season yeah. four. We don't talk it's about that. Forever, not yes, got me. <laughs> not on this podcast, we're not talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's, that's a podcast uh-huh. where everybody cries. The only other thing I wanted to there's um I saw Red by Warrant which was going to be sung by Pilot Pilot by Puck in Ballad I don't know I'm not familiar with that song at all I don't know if that's it really interesting yeah. what the whole um Mercedes don't make me over that oh yeah she was uh that was supposed to be in um Herography. I think so and yeah, then they then. ended up using it as like background music. Yeah. So when Kurt yeah. was making over Rachel, Kurt was making over Rachel. <laughs> yeah. I wonder why they did that. That's yeah. interesting. I don't know. It was weird. Huh. Strange. Okay, so um, let's talk about uh, my little song poll that I did, or my tournament um, here. And probably to a surprise, probably a surprise to no one, um, a Kurt song won. <laughs> no. <laughs> really? No. <laughs> <laughs> a season one song full and, and Kurt one. Um, yeah, well, it, you know, you guys uh, wanted to talk about this. I'm kind of curious as uh, what you guys' thoughts are or were or whatnot. Um, I mean, if because it was very much done in the Clean fandom, I'm not surprised that a Kurt song won. And if I had to pick a Kurt song, I'm not surprised that it's Rose's turn because that be- that was like, aside from Defying Gravity, that was his big defining song of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was the first time he, I mean, he had a solo with A House Is Not A Home, but we had the weird Finn coming in on that that kind of, you mm-hmm. know, took away from that in a and sense. And in Defying and Gravity, he had to blow and, the note. Yeah. Pink Houses, yeah. that wasn't Kurt singing. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, Kurt pretending to be who he thought he should be. And so, like, this was his very, like, true, his sort of true first solo moment where, you know, and from that second he turns around in that hallway and it's just like, ah, oh, yes. And, and everything about it was perfect because the music kicks in and he is just... The face just and, oh... Exuding so much emotion and so much... He's just so fierce with it. And it's yeah. really the first time, I think, 
that he truly accepts himself, not even just as a person, but like musically accepts himself. And he busts out into this huge female Broadway power ballad number. And just own, absolutely owns it. And it's just, mm-hmm. I mean, that I is mean he, his mind. name even ends up in lights behind him, <laughs> which is yeah. <laughs> but nobody ever gets that again, do they? Um, not like Mercedes that. Mercedes had it once. But, Mercedes yeah. had oh, it once, uh-huh. yeah. And, the and it was in a very up. similar type of situation that they did that to, where she was totally not sure of herself, and they did that in that moment where she all of a sudden became, I can do this. It, they used it almost in exactly the same way, but yeah. that's probably a different podcast as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just the, I mean, a lot the lights of that have tonight. come and gone, but as for actually spelling out names, um, I, I think that might be the only two times that I actually spelled something out. Yeah. Well, yeah, it does. Like, for everything that you guys were saying, it, it came to no surprise to me. I, I, there were a few surprises. Um, Don't Stop Believing Both versions were knocked out way earlier than I thought. I mean, I guess that made it to, like, the top eight or something, but um, I think in a general fandom poll, Don't Stop uh, Believing would have won that. But, um, I mean, I suppose the thing is with Don't Stop Believing, there's also the fact that we have what, four, four, five versions of it now? That is, is it getting to a point where it's like, you know, I love that Don't Stop Believing in that first moment in that first episode, but are we then splitting votes because somebody might like a version a little bit more or we're getting a little tiny little bit Don't Stop Believing out because they have done it. Yeah, I was wondering so about times. that too is, you know, you know, here we are, what, four versions later? Yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. I, I, I like it, but... I don't really want to hear it again, so I'm going to vote for this other song. Yeah. Well, and I think um, something that comes along with this, um, I'm seeing it already also in the Season 2 tournament, because we have a very specific um, group who is participating, um, it it goes a lot with what emotionally resonates Mm -hmm. the most. And, you know, Bad Romance, is definitely you know it it was you know neck and neck with with Rose's turn and um, all of these other you know defying gravity a house is not a home all of these really big hurt moments uh, made it towards the end which is you know when you, yeah it, it really well I mean because it is you know it's clean fandom so everything you know your your numbers are always going to skew that way to a point right but then there's also the fact that we we get so little of those hurt moments that they have more impact. You know, with the Rachel's solos and things like that, she's incredible and she's amazing and she can hit you right in the heart that she has so many more than than perhaps the other characters that then that lessens the impact of them as a whole. Whereas That's Kurt, there is, probably there is true. a small number of him sort of getting to star that we latch onto those moments because we love We're him We're so desperate actors. for them. Yeah, and we want them. And We're a very thirsty fandom. Yes, we are. <laughs> I mean, sort of as it's been raised, like there was sort of a real sort of Kurt theme in the top three, but sort of what I also thought was interesting in that top 16, you know, over half of them were group numbers. You know, we like we like New Directions as a group. We want to see them together. Um, we don't necessarily want those same characters starring over and over again. But as we said, Ride With Me came in at seven. And it wasn't even a release, it's, as we were talking about. It's not even before. really a song. It's, yeah, it's what, it's 30 so, seconds yep. long? 
Well, and that beat out Don't Stop Believing. Yeah. How much? And, we, well, and that and that tells you. I mean, and if you look, I don't know where it is now, cause, and I don't want to try to look for it. But there's that Tumblr post with the ride with new video on it, and the notes on it are amazing. And you know why? Because every time, and I know this is how I am. I don't know about you guys or anybody else, but every time it shows up on my dash, I have to watch it like six times and then okay. reblog it. It's just, yeah, it's um, fun. And that's what we obviously, we like them as a group. We like them as a whole and we want to see them as a, as a whole. And we didn't necessarily get to do that as much as we could without sort of focus being pulled and things like that. So much of a lot of the numbers sometimes were more about character story than mm-hmm. as the group as a whole yeah. and um, so I think that especially when we get those numbers that are not for any one specific plot but just they're just really good group numbers mm-hmm. we tend to gravitate towards those yeah. because mm-hmm. we like that better you know so yeah we, you, you know Don't Stop Believing is going to be on there and um, where did Keep Holding On fall in there um, um, give me a second. I'll I'll look that up. I'm really for you. curious because that's one of my favorite season one group performances. It's not in the top sixteen. It's not okay. I just wondered, and but see, it's a really heavy song. But yeah. oh, it was knocked out by like a prayer in the first round. Okay, yeah. but oh, wow. it's one of the first times that they actually look like a show choir. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like an uh, like an honest to goodness, really good show choir, and it killed me that they never took that performance to any competition because that performance was amazing. If you think about it, the the majority of their competition performances you never saw before the actual competition performance. That was sort of the joke of Glee is that they never well, rehearsed yes. them in the <laughs> Well, well there's a you know. That's why the front thirteen were so different because you did actually get to see snippets of their, con- you know, the the um, sectionals yeah. ones in particular. You saw all of their supposed sexual sectionals numbers. Oh my god, that was a Freudian. <laughs> <laughs> their sectional competition. Yeah. That was that was season five and six. <laughs> <laughs> all of their sectional numbers you saw beforehand in those first thirteen, but then you didn't get to see them. You know, they didn't actually perform them at sectionals. The other teams did. I know. Well, and that's really, I mean, as far as, you know, that's really the start of them uh, learning how to do something in in a commercial break. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Because, well, no, I mean, okay. And, and, And in this episode, it's almost believable. Because, of course, Rachel knows Don't Rain on My Parade. She probably has been singing it since she was four. I think she said three, actually, but yeah. (laughs) She started talking, and then she launched into her first solo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, there's a couple points I want to get to, but uh, wrapping up the the poll stuff, um, also a note, um, oh, shoot. What was it? I just lost my thought. Oh, Don't Rain on My Parade is uh, made it to the top eight, four, top four. That's because um, awesome. It was relatively high up there. I, I know that's a big moment for people. And then um, My Life Would Suck Without You, which is, um, I, I think, a fantastic number. Well, and, and, and it actually kind of goes back to, where did that one come in at? Is it in the top eight? 
The My Life Was Up yeah. Without You. That I think I was. Ta- I think that was, that was cool. the only non-Kurt one in the top four. Okay, and the reason why that is is because it's another example of a song where they're cutting loose, they're having fun, and one of the best things about that performance is that they go through and add in all the dance moves they've been learning all season. They do. I and was that's one make- of my favorite things about that. I, I can't name them all, but I, I, it took me a few times of watching it, yeah. and I think that it's phenomenal. I can imagine choreographing the, uh, uh, but um, you, they're all of the old choreography from the, all of the old songs that they did in the front 13 are in that dance, and it's amazing. And a couple that I'm going to give, I can't believe I'm going to do this, but it is a very moving Will and Emma moment, too. And it's probably one of my favorite Will and Emma moments, and then the back nine happened, and... Hmm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, but that moment, enough said. That's a different podcast too. <laughs> but um, you know, the, the, the um, any other thoughts on the poll? Because I'm going to move away from that in a second. My apologies, but I actually didn't participate in that one. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> I I I, you know, I popped in. And I uh, I'm having the same problem with the second one. I pop in and out. So if I see it and if I have time to do it, I do it. And then, but there there are rounds that I'm like, well, how did we get on this round? What the hell? I just make me realize just sort of how many of the songs I just really do love and that I really am attached to because then you have to pick between them and it's like, well, no, hang on a second. This is not fair. <laughs> <laughs> like, excuse me. but um, Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> that was how I felt in the episode poll and I just gave up. Teach you that. <laughs> but in my, um, it's great. It's it is, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Melissa, go ahead. It's enjoyable sort of revisiting these songs and then, you know, making these decisions and putting it out there into the atmosphere and things like that, sort of, I'm quite enjoying it. Yay. You're a braver well, woman it, than I. <laughs> the interesting thing, though, the numbers, because um, I keep track of who, how many people um, participate, and season one um, is was really low. And for a while I was like, are you guys leaving me? What is going on? And a lot of people reacted and said, you know, I'm just not into season one music. And I think... Um, Overall, comparatively to the other seasons, I I, I kind I personally kind of find season one to be the weakest. It's the one that has the least amount of songs in, in on my playlist on my personal playlist. Yeah, I have well, I have a playlist has... for each season with my season faves, and my season one is the the shortest one. I think that it, in general it actually has less songs because they weren't cramming six songs into an episode. Uh, except for season six, which has, for obvious reasons, season one does have the least amount of songs. Well, yeah. I mean, season six. But I loved every season if you six look at songs. It, They're all in my it, list. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at season six as it is, though, I mean, for the 13 episodes that we got, you still got six songs an episode. So when they average out, you know, versus season one where we had, what, 22 episodes? And, you know, there were not six songs an episode. Um, one thing I wanted to mention, because it's music related, is are the um, the two competition set lists, and and just a, a personal gripe of mine that I'm going to air out again, yeah. probably because I probably touched on it earlier. Uh, um, you you a show choir, you cannot put a uh, a list set list like that together in like five seconds, and then 
expect to go anywhere with it. Uh, Glee has always kind of done that. Like, last minute, let's put this stuff together. That's and, right, oh, come on, in season two, they wrote their the songs the overnight. <laughs> sorry, go, Teach, what did you sorry. say? I'm sorry. You mean sort of like putting your, um, writing your songs in the hotel room in, we're in both, New York? Yeah, we're both saying the same thing. It, yeah, you just can't do that. No, I mean, it's fun. It made it made for good drama. It actually, the episode, both episodes are very good. Um, but, yeah, sometimes you just like, nah, that's stretching the that's truth a little. That's one of those things that you have to hand wave and go, it's glee. Yeah. Or it will drive you insane. <laughs> so, um, before we wrap up and, and kind of get to uh, um, uh, the, the ending bit, um, I want to give a shout-out to a song that we have not mentioned, but I absolutely love, and um, a jump. From, um, hey, jump! And how adorable and sweet they are, jumping around for some mattress ads. Can I just say two things about that scene that always bug me? Mm-hmm. They're so ridiculous, though. Artie should not be on a mattress. Thank you! <laughs> and neither should Quinn! <laughs> I'm sorry, but that is a spinal injury and a miscarriage waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, um, it's awesome. <laughs> the other musical moment I want to I want to give a shout out to is Rachel's um, the climb. Oh, we're in. Yeah. <laughs> It's people's reactions to the performances that are like some of my favorite parts of this, and that literally has the best reaction I think <laughs> out of all the seasons of when she yeah, starts. Oh my god! I sing like that. That's how well I sing. So I will sing for you. And they're all looking at it, and there's Brittany just like, "Yep, yeah, it's awesome." Jamming is like the best thing she's ever heard. <laughs> oh, man. oh. Um, any um. Any numbers you guys want to uh, talk about before we get into our favorites? Um, Anything that I didn't we didn't touch upon that you're like, oh, we have to talk about that. We didn't really spend a whole lot of time talking about Rachel and Will singing "Endless Love" together. <laughs> oh come on! And but the the thing I loved about that song that had nothing to do with either Rachel or Will was the voiceovers of the oh, kids yeah. that were listening to the song. <laughs> As they're sitting there, you get to hear in their heads what they're thinking while their teacher is trying to teach them, and it is so hilarious. Yeah, it's one of the last times that they do that. Yeah. They don't really do that after that. No, they don't, but they really should have, because that was just, it was was perfect. You got to hear what was going on in their heads, not just see it on their faces. Yeah. They should have done that more often. Oh, God. Did you imagine whatever was going through Chris Colfer's mind on some of those songs, too? Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to know. I want to know what Kurt's thinking, man. What's Kurt thinking? Maybe we, um, maybe we didn't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> a special shout-out to um to the songs of Vitamin D and Kurt wearing those sunglasses during Halo, because it was so bright. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> and uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of what else. Um, the only other one that, I, and it's not because it's not my favorite one, is uh, "Over the Rainbow." I, I have a special place in my heart for I that one. I do like that I one. Really, um, really think it's a great way to end. This. I also have a special place for "To Serve with Love," even though I really don't uh, think 
that Shu is that great of a teacher. Um, mm-hmm. I still liked him at that won, point. He won Teacher of the Year twice. No. <laughs> I mean, <oops. laughs> I still liked uh, him at that point, and I, I remember thinking that that scene was really moving. All right, well, kind of wrapping it up, I asked you guys to pick some favorites and a least favorite. So, um, yeah, Lisa, what is your, uh, what's your, what's on your favorite list there? Oh, gosh. Um, well, Rose's turn. Rose's turn. I mean, every, uh, it's just such a great moment for him. And I, I really feel like. Kurt came into himself, and maybe Chris even came into Kurt a little bit mm. in yep. that number. Um, like he, you know, I remember Chris saying it, he even picked out what he wore. I didn't know that. Yes, they they were filming so late that costume had gone home. Wow! It's it was like the middle of the night when they filmed that, and he actually picked out his outfit. So that outfit that that is a Chris Colfer picked Kurt outfit. I did not know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to think of a couple of other favorite ones. Well, I mean, the original Don't Stop Leaving, because mm. that scene still gives me goosebumps. And um, I think I'll go with Keep Holding On, because I really just love, love, love that moment. Well, they're all just trying to be there for each other, and Quinn is crying, and... You know, that I just really like that. Or at least favorite. Oi. <laughs> uh, um, I have to pick just one. Okay. <laughs> Season one is really... <laughs> there's a few that I could go with. And, sure, go ahead. You know, I'm just trying to think. Um, well, basically anything that happened in, in Funk. Um... trying to think. All right, well, you're thinking song. Yes. Yeah, song. yeah <laughs> there we go. Woo. Yep. I knew there was one earlier that I didn't care for. That was it. Okay, Teach, what about you? Favorite? Okay, you said three, but I can't narrow it down that far. I had, That's to okay. I had that problem, too. I was going, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, some of my all-time favorite songs actually were from season one, ironically. Um, but I love Dream On, and mm. Neil, Neil Patrick Harris, he just melted me with that song. It's, yeah, that, that's my wheelhouse. I am a classically trained garage band you know, musician, and that was one of the songs that we used to do. So, um, Bad Romance is another one yeah, that I just loved. Um, again, that's when I fell in love with Naya's voice. That's the first time I really heard her belt and thought, oh my gosh, I could listen to this woman sing forever. Um I loved like a prayer, just for it the 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 choral nature of it when the choir came in in the background the way that they used and and distributed the the vocal lines in that song I oh my gosh, um, I wasn't a huge Madonna fan but that was one of my all time favorite Glee songs ever. Um, it's like my favorite Madonna song actually. <laughs> and then um, I loved Bohemian Rhapsody, and I kept listening yeah. to oh. Over and over and over. Do we want to take a minute and talk about Bohemian Rhapsody, though? (laughs) Yeah, no, it was on my list, so yeah. um, Just just for a minute, because they did so much 
in three minutes yeah. with that song. Yeah. The choreography of them, a show choir essentially, you know, being a metaphor for birth is amazing. I, I oh God. <laughs> just, just the chorus. Everything that happens from the moment he starts singing. Yeah. Her entire labor process where she's screaming at everybody, but it works with the song. Yep. And then and then at the end where in, in theory, I mean, I always took it as, you know, the end is, of the song is really kind of sad because he's kind of, you know, I always took it as maybe he's died or dying, you know, and, See, and then the... and she gave birth. Oh, that makes sense. So I always thought it was mirroring the birth stuff because, you know, he's they do that like hand thing and mm-hmm. Jonathan Groff. Uh, I'm it. not saying well the choreography might have been, but I, I mean the actual lyrics of the song though I always oh, took them to yeah. be a little more um, darker than that. I mean because it starts out with Mama I just killed a man. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> You know, um, so, and and I think it may be the only time I've ever seen somebody give birth during a musical number. <laughs> yep. always got me. I'm like, this is three minutes. She's given birth in three minutes. I'm like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> correct. Technically, it was the longest song I think Lee's ever done. It was five minutes and 56 seconds. Okay. So. Well, she's only done it in five minutes. <laughs> I was always like, like yeah, it's an incredible number and watching it, but it's always in the back of my head. Look, five minutes. Um, sort of. <laughs> I need to suspend my disbelief for a second. Yes, yes. It's <laughs> yeah. it's All right, Tish, so what is your uh, least favorite? Well, Lisa stole mine with the thong song, so I'm going to switch it up and go with Having My Baby. <laughs> oh! Not that one. That was. <laughs> Oh, that was a the good... most inappropriate song possible to sing, I think. <laughs> I don't know I, how Kurt convinced him that that was a good thing to do. Um, no, it's pretty It's clean. <laughs> I get so much secondhand embarrassment watching that. I just actually can't even stand watching it when it's on the yeah. screen. Like, what are you doing? Do you? Why do you think this is a good idea? Yeah, so I, that I, there was a couple from the home episode. That's like my least favorite episode in the whole first season. But yeah, I I think she's having my baby tops that one. Oh. <laughs> well, did you mentioning home? Um, probably. Gosh, I'm gonna get flack for this. I I'm not a huge fan of that five minute duet between Will and April. I mean, they sing it gorgeously. The, the um, the one that fell to answer in a house yeah. is not a home. That would have been the one that would have. It, it, it was neck and neck between that one and she's having my baby. So, <laughs> all right, Melissa, what about you? What are your oh, favorites? So, a couple of my favorites have already been mentioned. I I struggled to narrow down to three as well. Oh, that's um, my... <laughs> so I had Rose's turn. Um, bad romance and like a prayer on my list as well. Um, one of my all-time favorites. It's just one of my favorite things to watch. Is Push It. I <laughs> it cracks me up. Every time I can watch that performance over and over and over again because it is just gloriously ridiculous new directions and I adore it. Principal Figgins in the audience just like love <laughs> bending out and Emma doing a little uh, 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 
<laughs> and Sue and Shu are just horrified. You know, and I one thing I really love about Push It compared to when they do Toxic in season Ugh. two, because it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, it's it's so even. just hilariously, you know, like they're just out, out and out crazy. But Toxic has Jacob Ben Israel miming masturbation, and I just can't unwatch that. I mean, just like, oh, why oh and that? it's got Lauren Zaitze screaming about how she wants Mr. Shooter Maker is Maker is Britney or something like that, and I'm just like, why? <laughs> So I, it just took it a little too far with Toxic, whereas Push It is just the right level of just insanity. It came from the kids, whereas Toxic came from Will. It just adds yeah. a whole other level to it. It's a whole um, other level of icky. Yeah, so that's one of my favorites. Um, I also, um, the Lean On Me number. Yes. Um, yeah. It's just a good simple sort of group number in, in the chorus room, but they sound amazing. Mercedes sounds amazing. There's um, that camaraderie yeah just them you know circling around and things like that and I just I mean it's a great song anyway and I really love what what they did with it in the show so that's probably they'd be my favorite um the least favorite Is that right? <laughs> yeah um I had I had you're having my baby on the list but I had a couple of others as well so I'll go with one of them <laughs> um <laughs> Will Don't Stand So Close To Me Young Girl Oh yeah, no, I, I don't like that one. For the pure fact that I'm coming from this as a teacher, that yeah. that is not how you deal with a student having a crush on you. Don't sit them down and serenade them to <laughs> to fix the student who has has a crush on you. And it's the just fact that, that Emma thought that was a good idea. I don't. Yeah. Uh, I don't Emma know. wanted him to be singing to her, so oh, she totally did. Because <laughs> at the end of that number, they're both like, uh huh. <laughs> it's just like so. There's just that ick factor for me. Going, no, don't do that. Have a conversation or something. I yeah. But yeah, call somebody's parents. She's you know cleaning his bathroom with a toothbrush. Do you want the morning, whatever. <laughs> yeah, maybe have a conversation with your wife about what is uh, healthy boundaries to have with your students. Uh, <laughs> That's not the conversation he needs to have with his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Whole other podcast there. <laughs> exactly. But I'm not sure anyone would listen to it. <laughs> no. <sighs> All right. Well, I guess I, I am. It's up to me. Um, which is this is going to be a horribly boring list for you. Um, <laughs> my favorite, uh, Rose's turn, um, is one of my favorite songs. One of my favorite Kurt solos. One of my favorite moments on the entire series. So that's definitely on there. Um, Bad Romance gorgeous the way they use all of the girls voices on that and Kurt's well, visually it's a really good song yeah. too because you've got them up on the stage it's all brightly lit it, brightly lit and they are wearing the the outrageous outrageous outfits um i mean those heels that Kurt was wearing god <laughs> yeah. um they've featured in many a fic actually Yes, they do. They are, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, as we already talked about my life. Uh, my life would suck without you and Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to the um, "Don't Stop Believing" the second one yeah. that they did in Journey. Yes, and even though 
that first one was really where I, I really did get chills the first time I watched it. Um, I love the second one better. Um, I just like the way they used everybody's voice in that. Yeah. And um, I just in, enjoy that particular um I version. like it, but what I really like is that whole sequence of songs is kind of like a montage altogether. So, like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Faithfully into uh, Don't Stop Leaving and the, uh, oh, and the, and any way you want it. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. It's faithfully any way you want it, and then don't stop believing. I love that whole just like, like an. It, I, if you put the three of them together as one like nine minute song, I'm there. <laughs> um, for songs on my uh, least favorite list, um, I kind of have two. Uh, though you know, the ones that you guys mentioned are definitely on the bottom of the list. Um. I I don't like physical that much, and it's not because they did a bad job. They did a fine job. Um, I'm just not a fan of that song. It's just maybe that's my issue with it because I'm not really a fan of that song either. Just in general. So I'm not bashing the performance. I do think they did actually a good cover of it. I just am not a fan of it. Um, The other one was the one in in hairography, the crazy hair hair song. The, the wigs were cute, but the song is just not good. So, but dear, I'm just picturing uh, all of all of the deaf kids just staring at him, like, "What the hell is this?" Yeah. I don't remember what they said to each other. Something they signed to each other in subtitles while that was going on, and and I don't remember what they said, but I remember it being really funny. Um. All right, well, we kind of came to the, we got through all of our topics. Yay. Um, anything else you guys want to mention before we kind of sign off here? Um, all right, well, thank you guys so much for joining me on a, a really awesome podcast, and um, hopefully we'll get to do it again soon. <laughs> thank really. you. Um, yeah, so Thanks. there we go. There we have it. Um, do you guys so it kind of wraps everything up. Um, thank you guys for sticking with me for like almost three hours now. So. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> it's not as bad as the one that I was on because we just couldn't yeah. shut up about the most <laughs> stupid stuff. At least we kept on topic here. <laughs> yeah. When you guys yeah. hear that one, you'll know why <laughs> I say that. It's home, by the way. It was? <laughs> It's home. Oh, yeah, it's home. That's the one we did. We, so many times, it's like, yes, but, you know, let's get back on topic. (laughs) Every five minutes. It was awful. It was funny, but it was awful. Uh, Teach and Melissa, you guys are more than welcome to come back anytime. So if there's any, um, you know, not you, Slayer. No, kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I've already got you on the list. I was just going to say, I I would have, see, I would have said something, except for I already know I'm doing at least one more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If there are any season two ones that you guys are dying to get um, or whatnot, or let me know. I will put you on them in a heartbeat. Just put Um, me on the Darren Chris fan club one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is there a list on the list? the Tumblr to see what they're to sign up. Yeah, I'll, I'll repost yeah. it. Um, oh, uh, but um, what, um, what episode are you up to in season two? How far have you plotted? I haven't started yet. I mean, like, I've, how I've, many have you planned for so far? Like, how many do you have people set up for? Um, let me get my notes out for you. Never been kissed, unfortunately. Filled up like. Oh yeah, yeah. well that's yeah. five minutes. Are you kidding? <laughs> that's surprising. 
that that one filled up so quickly? No. <laughs> Why? Why do people want never been kissed? What oh, could we talk about in that one? I have no idea. I think original songs would be much more fun to talk about that and the cock-blocking red piano. Uh, you can put me down for original song if you want. <laughs> I've already done an original song podcast, but I can do it again. <laughs> Ladies, I'm going to have to step out because I have been okay. on the phone too long here. Okay. Uh, okay. Have a good night. Thank you. Good night. Bye. All right. I can't say too much longer, but um, pretty much... Uh, the first couple, I'm, I'm all set. Um, after that, um, everything's pretty much open. I think, um, unfortunately, Born This Way is full, too. But yeah. um, You can put me down for original song if you have room. If not, um, I could do... Oh, my God. What's the name there's of the episode? A, there's a lot of them. Shit. Sure. Uh... What's the name of the episode with Rachel Berry's train wreck extravaganza in it? Blame it on the alcohol. I can do that one. Okay. A lot of and people are not going to jump to that one. Why not? That's a fantastic one to do. Because of the Blaine thing. Because of the what The thing? Blaine thing. The Blaine and Rachel thing. Really? I think that a lot of people, a lot of claim fandom had oh, issues with that. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be surprised. Uh, what, Melissa, did you have anything we wanted? Uh, or do you want me to like, get in contact with you about it? Or I'm just having a little... Is, what about prom queen? Yeah, I can put you down for prom queen. I can do that. <laughs> I mean, it all depends. I mean, if my time zone is going to be too difficult. <laughs> no. I mean, this worked out really well. I don't... I mean, did it work out okay for you to be in the morning? Well, I mean, that's I mean, not, I think, when I'm not on holidays, it'll just mean sort of right. be restricted to sort of weekends if we're doing the morning right um, which is fine yeah um um do you have like you're a teacher right yeah do you have a summer break because like, a lot of these i'm probably not going to get into until like well, i guess april may so it's still almost clear but. yeah no so we have so i've got two weeks now and then we have another term and then we've got two weeks then um so in june 25th is when i start but i'll actually be traveling to the states for four weeks. Oh, that's well, that'll be fun. Where yeah. are you going? Um, San Francisco, Chicago, oh. Boston, Ooh. New York, DC, Nashville, and New Orleans. Wow, you're just hitting Damn, it all. Damn, that's a lot. I went, I went last year for two weeks to see Hedwig. Um, oh, cool. So I did Boston, New York, and DC in a whirlwind trip. So I'm going back and doing it a little bit, doing a bit more. <laughs> Well, if you're ever in Chicago and, and want to, like, meet up with fandom people, give me a call. All right. That's well, I've, I've got four nights You're not in coming Chicago. close enough for me to, to me <laughs> to offer that invitation, sadly. I'm, I'm no. smack dab in the middle of Ohio. <laughs> you want to go see Lima? <laughs> Lima is three hours from me. Oh, okay, yeah. Which actually, actually you know goes what? back to that whole geography thing that we were talking about when we did home. Because there's no way that Kurt could drive from Lima to okay. Westerville on a daily basis to go to Dalton. Nope. <laughs> Not that they'd let him. That's a two and a half hour drive if there's no traffic. <laughs> Not happening. Uh, all right, guys, I got to get going myself. Um, thanks again for doing the podcast. I will be in touch with these other ones. 
And um, I will definitely let you know when this one's going up, which will be after the end of the season one stuff. So. Okay. All right. All right. Well, you guys have a great night or day or wherever. <laughs> All I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Sometimes I think what I need is a you and a.